This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It's the weekend. It's Saturday the 6th of May 2023. And today, is it up to us to advocate for ourselves and each other? You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you? Nervous, Stephen Scott. That sounds a little bit deep and confusing to me. What, what are we talking about? I don't know. It was all Had Gary's idea. Gary got in touch with us with this one. Right. And I, I have to say, listening yes. to his voicemail or, or his email, as read by the lovely Laura, as always... Um, yeah, I think it's a good discussion point. I wanted to have it today because you know on the weekend we just tend to you know go off on one a little bit. Or, yeah, I mean, yeah, I we're chill. That's any show really we do here. Yeah. Um, we're not talking bottoms. Yeah, covered in food stains and quite happy. Yes, yeah. we're relaxed. Well, I thought I thought today we would talk about. So let's hear Gary's uh, email that he sent in to us. This is Laura reading the email as always. Hi, Stephen and Sean. First, a question for Stephen. You said that you were using OpenAI version four on PC. I have subscribed and also paid the one-time charge for version 4. When I ask what version is being used on my PT app, the response is version 3.5. I can find no way to get it to use the newer version. How did you get access to version 4 on the PT app? Second, I am starting to get overdosed with the notion that I should want to hang out mostly with blind people and advocate for blindness issues. Given that I don't personally know any other blind people, or at least not any that I know well enough to want to hang out with them, telling me that I should join the tribe is moot. I doubt that most blind folks know many, if any, other blind people either. That goes along with not having the time, inclination or focus to be a blindness advocate. I'm glad there are advocates and truly appreciate their work. Nonetheless, that's just not in my wheelhouse. I am much more concerned about homelessness, the abuse and maltreatment of our children and the inability of our politicians to jump the party line and actually govern with respect and thoughtful focus on those among us who are unable to fend for themselves. Third, Although I identify as blind, I think that comes with way too much cultural baggage to be very useful. My only real limitation is that I can't see. Being blind is a very small part of my personal identity. Were I to make a list of my five most important characteristics, I doubt that blindness would make the list. Even so, not being able to see is a frequent source of exasperation and challenge. Everything that you and other advocates do to make not being able to see less limiting, less exasperating is valued and sincerely appreciated. Thank you. Your show is still the best. Thumbs up to both of you. Gary Crow. Aw, thank you, thank Gary. Thank you, Gary. That's so nice. Thank you. Yeah, that means a lot. Do you consider yourself an advocate? No. No, I don't either. No. I uh, I was going to so- talk a while back, and um, someone asked me this, actually. They said, you know, do, do you, you know, you're an advocate for blind people. And I said, well, I'm not really. I know why people use that word, and sometimes it's a good word to use to kind of try and explain, I guess, to some degree what it is we do here. But And, and that's good for a wider audience. But the truth is I'm not an advocate because I'm not advocating for uh, a group of people. I'm just telling you what my experience is. You know, you do the same, right? You talk about your experience. And I think that's that's really important for me when we do what we do here, to not try and be the voice. I, I went on a rant about this yesterday, about the whole one true voice thing. Uh, and I, I or onto opinion, I should say, but I, I'm not, I'm just not for that. You know, I think we all have different experiences. And what I'm trying to do is say to people, look, come and share your experiences here. Let's, let's come together in a, not as a community of one, but as a community of different voices, different experiences and, and argue and disagree. We're in a world where it seems it's becoming more and more difficult to disagree with people without it turning into all out war. And I, I'm getting a bit mm. fed up with that because there's no need for it. It's very childish. You know, I had someone say once, you know, it's funny, all the kids are ruling the world whilst all the adults are, you know, sitting in shorts and T-shirts playing video games. And it's, <laughs> there's some truth to that. You know, the, the world is changing a little bit, and I, I don't know if I like where it's going. Um, but I, it's just, I, I think in, in terms of advocacy, I, I feel that's not really what we're about, you know. It's, we just talk about well, tech and our own experiences. It depends what, what you define, you know, how you understand advocacy. When I think of advocacy, I think of people, these motivational speakers, these public speakers that are talking to companies, to mainstream segments of society Mm -hmm. that may have a 
stereotypical view of what blindness is or what blind people are and maybe trying to tackle those perspectives. I, I, that's what I think when I, when I hear about advocacy. I, what we do is just talk about our experiences. And I think, as you said, it's about so many people go through different experiences when losing their sight or have no sight. And um, it, it is difficult to deal with. But I, I, yeah, I wouldn't consider myself an an advocate at all. And just, you know, following on from my bit of my rant yesterday on the whole kind of one true opinion thing, I think it comes from the fact that there are two sides to visual impairment in particular. And I know some people don't like that phrase. Well, do you know what? Get over it because I'm using it. Visual impairment, right? That's what it is. Um, and that's whether you're blind, whether you've got some vision, whatever it might be. I think that the, the two sides are very different. And I, I think we've had this conversation before and almost like a realization over the past maybe 10 years that, you know, the experiences of someone who is born with no vision and has grown up in that world versus someone who loses vision later on at whatever age, young, old, whatever, they're vastly different. And then, of course, there's a gulf of difference between all that. You know, you've got the experience. I mean, I, I would say I'd almost put people who were born blind on one side, if I was, if I was to divide it up this way, Mm-hmm. And I'd put all the people who've gone from losing or beginning to lose or have lost over a period of time, irrespective of age, on the other side. And I think they're very different experiences. I and think they're different I've been, people. I think it might be different to almost similar with people who have hearing impairments, some people who are deaf or hard of hearing. You know, there's a difference there. You know, you can split it. I mean, we used to split it. I certainly used to talk this way about, you know, blind and partially sighted people. You know, the, the blind people had a very different view on life to partially sighted people because in, in some ways, and I've only heard this in the last five, 10 years from people, maybe, maybe more of us feel more comfortable saying it, but you know, as you lose more vision, I've heard you say this, I heard you on another podcast, moonlighting, um, <laughs> talking about, talking about the experience you had when you lost more vision to the point where basically you've got no useful vision left. No. Uh, you know, that it almost felt like you could relax a bit more that it uh, kind of felt Right, okay, this is where I'm at now. This is it. I can take off the mask of pretending I'm yes. still visually, uh, I'm still sighted. Basically. I'm visually yeah. impoverished. In, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it did, yeah, and it, it, it does. I'm still, um, oh, wow. yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. And that's weird to say, right? But I am. I'm okay with it. But that's you, they, and that's your opinion, right? You're allowed to, other may, others may say that's not, their experience, and that's fine. Yeah. But that's yours. Well, I'm 50 this month, right? I am 50 years old, and it's took me this long. I mean, it, you know, I, I fought, I shouted, I cried, I did whatever for years. Um, but now I'm okay because, really, I've got no choice. It is what it is. I'm living with it. So, um, yeah, where were we going with this? Wow. Well, I just, I, you know, so it kind of leads on to the bigger point I think that Gary's making about advocacy and, and his part in it. And I, I guess from what you're saying, Gary, there's a feeling you have that you should be out there advocating. Oh, that's it. Yeah, I want to pick up for on other that. blind people. Where yeah. are you feeling that pressure from, I would say? Well, I, it depends, I guess. If you're listening to a lot of shows, I mean, I know there's so many podcasts out there, and there's a lot of blind people talking about advocacy. And I think sometimes in our community, not just in our community actually, but in the disability community more generally, there are lots and lots of discussions and they always tend to be with people who are fighting a journey or fighting a cause or fighting some issue and whatever. And that's important. But you know what I think we do here is a bit different to that. And and I'm proud to say that I'm hearing other podcasts and other shows kind of following that trend, which is that just just be real, just be honest, just be yourself and talk about your experiences. But it's interesting that whenever we start to get into some serious topics, we get labelled as advocates. And I, I kind of find that funny because it's like, but I'm not an advocate. I'm just talking about what's real to me. I'm not speaking for you. I'm, and the amount of times I've had arguments with people about this, where they'll say, you said this and I disagree with you. And I'm saying, but you disagree with my opinion. And that's okay. You can disagree with my opinion if you want, but you're making it out as if I'm talking for you and I'm not, I'm talking for me. So that's why we do what we do here. And that's how we do it. But, you know, in terms of you, Gary, I'm just going to say this. You have no 
there's nobody should be saying to you, or you should certainly not be feeling like you need to become an advocate overnight in order to be useful to the cause. Or, you know, it's like, you know, okay, so... But again, I, I, what's the cause, right? Well, I suppose... Why has he got I, any I, responsibility I, I, to it? Well, exactly, it yes. That's, that's my, that's, I think that's what I'm trying to, to not very well uh, articulate. <laughs> but I'll, I'll give you an example of this, right? So when I went to guide dog school back in whatever year it was, it was I was 19 at the time, and I Oof, went in... 1942. And, Yes, that's right, yeah. Back in the dim and distant past. <laughs> dinosaurs were being used as... Uh, guide dinosaurs. Guide, okay. di- guide dinos at the time. <laughs> and uh, I remember going in and, uh, you know, I have to say, it was quite difficult because I couldn't hold on to its little hand. It was a T-Rex and I couldn't reach. Oh, that's nice. That's why they stopped using them. Uh, and I think that's why dinosaurs went extinct. And you can't prove me wrong. Okay. Um. So they moved on and used dogs. Uh, anyway... <laughs> Wow. That this go? is why we're not advocates. Exactly, that's right. This, this is not advocacy hour, right? Uh, so anyway, so I went in and I remember them saying, you will become an ambassador for guide dogs when you have this dog. And I sort of put my hand up and said, well, what does that mean? And they said, well, you are, you are representing blind people when you have this dog. And I have to say, I think it was at that moment that I started to get irritated to the level I did yesterday. <laughs> about this topic of, you know, the one true opinion and, you know, we're all just one homogenous group, one big blob going around the world, all representing each other. I'm not for that. I'm sorry. I'm not for it. And I said at the time, I said when I was 19 years old, I put my hand up again because I'm very polite. And I said, excuse me, I don't represent anybody but myself. And I said, this dog is to enable my independence. It's not to enable your organisation to somehow advertise in the way that, you know, if I bought an Apple product, I'd be expected to wear an Apple T-shirt for the rest of my life and hold myself to Apple's values. It wouldn't happen because you wouldn't expect that to happen. It would be nonsensical for that to happen. But that's what you're expecting from me. Now, I don't know if that's changed with guide dogs in the UK. I I have honestly no idea because I didn't go down the route of, of getting a dog after that. But... You know, and maybe that's changed. But I, but what I learned at that time was I'm not one of those people. I'm not your, I'm not your ambassador, and I'm not a spokesperson for blind people. And you know, I often equate this. I said this often on the show. But if you take the word "blind" out of any sentence like this, and you put the word "woman" in, or the word "black" in, say it again. Just say that sentence again. You represent all black people. You represent all women. So if you do something wrong, you are dishonouring all other black people or all other women. Now, does that, does that sit well with you? doesn't sit well with me. And I'm pretty sure most black people and most women would say, doesn't sit well with me either. I don't want to be considered a homogenous group of people. I am an individual. And, and I think this is fed into, and I'm sorry, but this comes back to the identity thing, which is just so prevalent in our society now. And it's hugely prevalent in our dis- disability community, where we are, what was it they say, disability first, or I can't remember the phrase. It's not, we're not person first anymore. We're disability first. I'm a disabled person, not a person with a disability. And to me, it's just like, if you've ever saw, saw the Monty Python films, you know, People's Front of Judea, Judean People's Front, right? It's the same yeah, thing by right. another name, yeah. right? I, I look, I mean, I, th- there is no way disrespecting or, you know, denying your disability. But what I'm saying is you're a person first. When you meet someone, do you say, hi, I'm disabled? Or do you say, hi, I'm Sean? Ah, yeah, we've had this discussion before. We say this, but how many times on social media or whatever, are we the blind whatever? I mean, I, look, I, I'm, I'll be honest with you. Well, I'm, that's a, a perso- I'm, well, I'm sorry, but that's a persona for me. That's not, that's not an what's, identity. What's wrong with that? Yeah, well, what's well, the well, difference? But I'm what? trying to talk... I'm trying to, Talk to an audience of people and to get an audience of people. I mean, if I was a if I was a chef, right? Mm-hmm. My, if my career was I was a chef, the blind chef. If, yeah. No, no, no. Just a chef. If I'm just right. a chef, right? It doesn't matter if I'm blind or not, right? I'm a chef. Okay. If I don't tell people in amongst what I do that I'm a chef, they're not going to know I'm a chef. Well, you're a broadcaster. So I tell people I'm a broadcaster. You're the blind broadcaster. Well, I'm not a blind broadcaster. Okay. I'm a broadcaster. Who happens the blind to be part. blind? Well, yeah, but that's just first. Part first. Well, yes, but I'm a, I'm, my name's Stephen. 
It's as simple as that. And when I walk up to someone and say, hi, how are you doing? I go, go, excuse me, hi. So I'm uh, blind. I'm a broadcaster. Uh, I have uh, brown slash graying hair, probably more gray. Uh, you can update me on that one with my visual description that I don't want. Uh, and, uh, and, and I'm going to go through all this nonsense. Hi, I'm Stephen. That's it. That's all of you need course, to know. Because- and no one cares beyond that. That's because that's real life. You're absolutely right. But the point is, I, I think we use that. Our disabilities are, are a very personal thing when we let that out and when we don't. I mean, I, I'll be honest, I, I sometimes use my disability to my advantage, right? If I want to get through um, security faster than anyone else, then suddenly, you know, hey, I'm blind, you know. Um, other times, if someone's treating me like I'm um, an idiot, for example, hey, I'm, I'm not stupid. You know, I happen to have a disability, but I am a person. So my my how I use my disability, and I'm going to say use it, how I use that disability changes depending on the situation. I don't I don't feel ashamed of that. I don't feel like I'm doing anything wrong because of that. But you are you're basically bringing out the problem, which is that we if we focus so much on the identity we forget who we are as people. And who we are as people, as far as I'm concerned, is way more important. Because if you suddenly become an identity, you become a block. You become a block of people who have a view. You see where I'm going with this? Suddenly you start to end up with one true opinion that applies across a group because you're part of a group. You're no longer an individual. I'm no longer Stephen. I'm blind guy 28146. Yeah. And I don't want to be blind guy 28146, right? I just want to be me. I want to be Stephen. And a lot of people just want to be themselves. And I think that's why you end up with this situation where it's like we're a group of people. And as a group of people, we are marginalized. And therefore, we are victims. And therefore, we need to stand up to that victim nature. And, and as a result of that, you need to get involved. And if you're not involved, you're not part of the group. And that's where we end up with Gary. And that's yeah. how we end up here. That's why I'm saying I'd be and very interested that. where he feels that pressure from. I, I agree with you. I think that there is that section out there. But personally, I think it's more than a, I mean, it, we're, not talking no, a, we're not talking a minority here. This is becoming so. prevalent in our society across everything. Everywhere I like being part I of the community. I like being part of the, the blind community. And as I said in um, was it yesterday's episode, it's because I can talk to people who have a same... Um, starting point or anchor point that I do when it comes to the things that I do or the things that I find difficult. I can talk to people that have the same perspective that, that I do. Now, of course, everyone's individual within that community, but we've all got that shared thing. And that's why I like it. And I, that's why I will go towards a blind whatever, server, blind group, blind email list or, or, or whatever like that. I, I don't think necessarily it's just you know, I'm blind, so I belong to this group. It's because actually we've got a shared, shall I say, interest, <laughs> blindness as a hobby. I, I don't know, but I don't think that's... Well, the, yeah. it's so funny you say that because I remember way back at the beginning of, of my, in quotes, journey. Oh, your journey. And my journey. Yes. Uh, previously on Double Tap. Uh, but I remember <laughs> just back in the day, <laughs> I remember thinking, you know, I don't really want to be around other blind people. You know, I didn't really feel any connection. I, I mean, I was low vision. I was partially sighted. I didn't use a cane. Didn't feel particularly welcomed by blind people, if I'm perfectly was honest. exactly the same? Because they didn't, you know, it was like they lived this world and, you know, I was the partial, in quotes, uh, which meant that I had low vision and therefore, you know, I didn't understand the, 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 what they were dealing with. So, and I could have no, you know, connection with them. And so that was it. I was just cast out from that. And I wasn't really welcomed in by the sighted world. So I kind of fostered my own way. And I think it it kind of, you can see it two ways. You can either say, well, you know, I can be, you know, I can feel down by that and I can feel let down by it. I actually felt a little bit emboldened by it. I used it. And I think maybe my nature more than anything else kind of allowed me to just be a bit different and not be worried about being different. And I think you're definitely different. I am. But, but, you know, I'm proud of that. I am proud of that. You know, a lot of people talk about pride. I'm I'm not I'm not a lover of the the word pride in a lot of ways, because I think, you know, it's the old pride before a fall thing. Usually that's a typical West of Scotland (laughs) upbringing, I have to say. Um, You're not allowed to be proud of anything. Um, But, you know, if I was proud of anything, I'd say I'm proud of the fact that I didn't follow the curve. And I never have. I've never really followed this path of, 
everyone's going in this direction, so I'll go that way. My first instinct is to say, why is everybody walking this way? Why is everyone going that way? Is there another way? And why is nobody using that as an option? And, you know, if, if the argument is fair and it seems like it's a good reason to follow, then I'll, I'll do it. But if not, then I'll foster my own way. And I've done that my whole life. And I think that's that's something that you learn. And I think it's partly because as as blind kids or low vision kids, I mean, it's so funny. I remember reading a, an article years ago about the places where children spend the most time when they're growing up. And it, used to, it was talking about kids spending a lot of time in the kitchen. And there was a follow-up article to this by a blind guy who said, you know, as a blind child, I spent most of my life in my bedroom. Rarely was I allowed in the kitchen. You know, Mm -hmm. kids, you know, would sit in there, help making meals, do what they do. You know, and I was the same. I was was pretty much lived in my, my bedroom. It was, you go into your bedroom... We'll make the meals or we'll do what we're doing and we'll give you a shout when we're Shut done. Shut them under the door for you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not you know, denigrating my, my childhood. I had a great childhood. I was very happy. But yep. it just, it was different. And it was different for, diff- for that reason. That, and now you know, it's different today. Because thanks but, to but what people that led advocating. To, yeah, but, but what that led to was me being different. Me being, and being able to think differently. I think more importantly, because I had a lot of time to think, even as a Apple. kid. Yes. Which fun enough was my first favourite <laughs> advert on television. Um, but I just, I find this just really interesting. And I think that, you know, what you're talking about, Gary, when it comes to, and I hear this a lot from people, you know, you've got to be part of the solution. Silence is violence. I'm so sick of this rubbish. I'm so sick of it. It's rubbish. It I means nothing. Heard that one. Okay. It's just, it really really grinds my gears because what it suggests is, again, if you're not part of the problem, you're part of the solution, if you're not part of the, the gang shouting, you know what? You don't have to be. You just don't. There's no requirement for you to do that. If you feel better in your life, just living your life as is, do not feel that you should be engaging in something you're not comfortable with. Now, maybe it's because, Gary, and the reason I, I'm sort of psychoanalyst, I'm doing my Fraser Crane impersonation on you. Yeah, you carry on. I'm getting um, on the couch. Yeah, just lie down, get comfortable. Um, I wonder if it's maybe because part of you wants to engage a little bit in this community, but you're kind of worried that if you do engage in it, <laughs> they're going to make you do stuff. Um, and <sighs> Don't do stuff. <laughs> don't do stuff. And it's Look, difficult, you know, it's difficult. And I think, you know, where do you go? How do you get into this world if you wanted to? Because um, I'm trying to think why you brought this up, because you say you're not connected to a lot of blind people and there's not a lot of people you'd want to hang out with, yet That's a pivotal at the same point. time you kind of feel, yeah, it kind of Where's is. Where's this pressure coming from? Because there's a fine line between feeling like pressured and pressure. bullying. Well, um, yeah, maybe, maybe, but you're obviously feeling it from somewhere. And the point is, you know, you're, you're right. You, you wouldn't list your blindness as, you know... A, right at the top of your list of characteristics or, or part of you as a person. So, I mean, you just carry on being Gary. It's all about being comfortable, I think. For the longest time, I wasn't comfortable. I didn't feel like you said, Stephen. I didn't feel like I really fitted anywhere. No. It was like the world was full of supermen and superwomen, you know, and we all got our blue tights on and our red underpants and our capes on. But the society is designed for people flying about the place, you know, doors up in the uh, 100th story or whatever. And I'm just walking around at the bottom, still in my cape and my underpants, but just, no, I'll walk. It's fine. Yeah, but, but to, use that, to use that example, though, I would say for me, that was the case both on, so if, I, if you imagine me walking down the middle of a road, on the left side are all the sighted people busying themselves and doing what they do and That's driving right. their cars and, you know, yep. being all adult. And then on the right side of me are all the blind people all the capable blind people who are way ahead of the game, who are learning the Braille, who've got their screen reader skills sorted, yes, perfectly who've figured happy, it all out, and getting on with their lives and doing great stuff. And I'm in the middle of this feeling like I'm standing still. You know, like one of those uh, movies where someone's standing still in the middle of the road and everyone's just going 100 miles an hour either side. Yes, yes. And you just feel like, how am I ever going to catch up with that? I'm never going to yeah. catch up on the left, and I don't think I can ever catch up on the right. And I, I still feel that today. I still have that. I still have moments where I almost have these palpitations almost of how am I ever going to be able to do or, or get to that level? And I feel like time is running away from me on this. Yeah. I can't no, keep I think up. You're I can't catch right. up. 
yeah, I think we've got to be honest that no no matter how comfortable someone feels, they, everyone, I think, has that moment of panic, maybe. I don't know what it is, or just feeling out of place or uncomfortable. I don't think you can ever totally get out of that. Look, Rebecca yesterday, so Rebecca was talking about uh, yesterday how she was trying to get her Audible books onto her Victor Reader. And she said that she used the Windows 10 subsystem, you know, with the app, the Audible app to try and figure out how to get the book. And she says, I got the book downloaded in the end, but it took it took some time. And I was so impressed by that. I was like, oh, she fought through that and she got there. Yeah. You know, I was so proud to hear you say that, Rebecca. And I was like, you know, this is just, oh, this is brilliant. You know, and I just, I have those moments when I download a file from the web and I feel like I have climbed a mountain. Yeah. And it's oh, nothing. It's nothing yeah. in the grand scheme, but to me, it's just amazing. And it, it, I say that with no sense of um, exaggeration. It is. It is an exhilarating feeling. It was a, there's a great clip, and if, if you're online, you might uh, have seen or heard it. And it was on BBC News. And I say this because BBC News is now, I think, the same channel worldwide. And the request, Lucressa Borak, I think is her name, who's a newsreader, and she was on screen at the time. And the, the camera cuts away from her to go to something else. And she doesn't realise that she's still on air. Uh-oh. And Danger. so she, go, and she goes, yes! She throws her arms up in the air and she goes, yes! <laughs> and she's obviously really pleased at the bit she's done and she's got yeah. through it. Yes. And she just has that moment of, oh my God, I'm still on TV. Um, and she has to kind of just very quickly compose herself. But and you know, everybody loves that moment, I right? was like... She's just loving life right now, right? She's she's so happy with that, and she's managed to get whatever it was. She's got by it. She's like smashed it and got it. And you know, we all have those moments, and I think you know we've got to celebrate that a little bit more. And you know, I think it's very. Oh, I do. It, it's difficult though because in in the sighted world, if you tell someone, "Oh, I downloaded that file," they go, "Oh, whatever, yeah, right." Oh, well, in that case, then you. But then what happens is that then the pressure starts because it's like, well, if you can do that, then you can go and do ten other things. And I'm like, <laughs> do you realise how long it took me to do this? And that's the common thread that links us all together as a community. Yeah, those little victories and even those little defeats, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's it's that is for sure. That is for sure. And I think even the even the hardened, you know, super blind person out there someone who's totally you know blasting life you know accounting like a, a crazy person or you know yeah um you know whatever it might be you know they will all be having their moments and yeah. i think we've got to celebrate those little moments a bit more maybe celebrate the little moments and then we don't feel quite so isolated in them and yet so exhilarated by them and i think we've got to try and yeah i think we've got to start by being nice to each other i think a little bit more well, as a community think- perhaps I think that's why it is important to um, seek out other blind people, visually impaired people, so you can celebrate those moments with, like, like you said, with where you share it with someone else, and they'll, yeah, what's the big deal about that? Sharing those victories are important. Like I said, everything changed for me when I went to blind college. I mm. went to mainstream school, you know, partially sighted. Went to um, blind college, and everything changed because I started mixing with people who were totally blind, partially sighted, whatever, all, all through the spectrum, more sight than me. And um, I realised, you know, that stereotypical perception I had of what it was like to be blind or what a blind person was, was nothing. It was wrong. And it, it made life easier. So, yeah, that doesn't mean you have to be an advocate, Gary. Not at all. Well, yeah, I think in, in conclusion, what I would say is, you know, definitely embrace the people. Don't embrace the groupthink. Just avoid the groupthink mentality if you can. Yeah. And I think you will manage that, Gary. I think you've got that part nailed but embrace the people perhaps and maybe that's why you listen to this maybe you feel a sense of connection here in the in the way that you know i did when i was listening to you know maybe not listening to many people because there wasn't a lot of people around when i was growing up to listen to in fact i don't think there was many there's nothing like this around no nothing that i was you know there's nothing i could just turn on and listen to hear people like me talk like this but now there is there's because we built it, there, right? Yeah, built but. it. We built. Are we taking the uh, the bragging rights to that, are we? Well, we did. We built it. <laughs> Sorry, well, we built I am, this. I am taking the credit because I did build it. <laughs> I had to. Not AMI. I should be very clear. I was going to say talking, AMI, talk, the, the podcast, about, uh, the show. Not not the network. The network was here for first. I can guarantee you on that one. Um, Gary, look, I, I, just thank you for bringing that up because I think it's a really interesting 
point you you made. And I think if it's something you're interested in engaging with, then you should. But like I say, just, you know, go at your own pace. And, you know, wherever you are in the world, I'm not sure where you are, but wherever you are, you know, there is a community out there, you know, in your local area, I'm sure. And, you know, if you want to embrace in that, embrace that, that's great. Um, but but like I say, try to try to stick to individuals and stay individual. That's my take yeah. on life. Stay individual. Well, that was very deep. I didn't like it. Okay, fine. We'll move on. I've uh, got some stories for you, by the way, because there's lots of news this week. So we're going to sort of just mop up the week. It's a beautiful new segment. Uh, oh, called have we got a jingle? Up the- yes, there's a spillage on aisle five. <laughs> and uh, <Up> the week. <laughs> the news is next. <laughs> Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. I really wish people could hear what we talk about in the breaks, honestly. <laughs> I'm glad they don't hear. <laughs> we were actually discussing good names for airlines or cruise liners in mm. finland i suggested yeah. finish line yeah which i think is brilliant yeah he did think that was brilliant and he kept saying it and saying it and saying it so i just said let's move on <sighs> finish line how do you know there isn't one called finish line there probably is an airline well if there is clearly that, someone has uh, stole it from you got it <laughs> from me steven's idea yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like Google. So that was stolen. Um, Harry Potter. It was all stolen from me. Everything was taken. Uh, <laughs> shall we talk about up the news. something else? Yes. yes, Amazon is looking to add new AI chatbot technology <gasps> to Lady A. Oh, about time. Oh, she is terrible. Stroke, he is terrible. It is terrible. <laughs> I'm, oh, awful at the moment. As bad as Siri. Well, it says the voice assistant uh, needs reanimation in a world now seemingly infatuated with generative AI, like OpenAI's ChatGPT and Google's Bard. This coming from The Verge. One example is uh, the, uh, being described is that uh, Lady A would generate a bedtime story after an eight-year-old asks it to tell a story about a cat and a moon. And in true <sighs> ChatGPT style, it makes up a whole story about Mittens, the first ever cat to go to the moon. It also terrible. describes the use of an Echo Show camera that sees the child holding an Olaf toy, so it incorporates the character into the story. That's, oh, that's not creepy at all. That is pretty terrifying, isn't it? Um, Disney is just one of several partnership opportunities that Amazon is imagining alongside Lego and yeah. others. Amazon kids. Is, I know, it's always kids, isn't kids. it? Kids? Oh, come on, Sick now. of them. I was screaming. All right, steady now. Kicking Roll the back, back of your chair on a plane. <laughs> Terrible. I'm just saying it's not just for Smelly. kids. It's, it could be so useful. Okay, carry on. Amazon, it says, is relying on its own internally developed large language model that will power a newer and more capable Lady A. That's in contrast with Microsoft's Bing, which uses OpenAI's model. Amazon calls its... I'm going to say this, LLM Lady A teacher model, but a company spokesperson tells Insider that it's building larger, more generalised and capable ones that will make her more proactive and conversational, while noting that Lady A has apparently been using the teacher model for several years. Based on the leaked documents, Amazon envisions Lady A seeming like an entity that thinks instead of fetching from a database. One notable section titled Lady A LLM Entertainment Use Cases, these are all leaked documents, paints a picture of how the new AI system will particularly make media recommendations, news delivery, and storytelling more conversational. Another example shown is if a user asks, Lady A, find that HBO or Netflix show where rich people go on vacation to Sicily or Hawaii, she figures out that it's the White Lotus. And then the user asks what the cast is, which she then obliges. And on Fire TV, it shows that HBO has a free trial. And then the user asks how much it is after the trial. And Lady A tells the rate and even asks if the user wants to subscribe through Amazon's Prime Video channels. So you're seeing how this might start to come in and be usable. But uh, you don't sound impressed. No, because we've heard all this before, the whole ambient computing, right? 
give me the capability to say, turn the heating on and turn the TV on to channel four and turn the lights off in, in the kitchen or whatever. Let me even just add multiple commands in, instead of having to talk to you, you know, like you're like I'm programming a computer, one line, one command at a time. Get that working. This is all, this is what's coming up. And until it's actually, we actually see this in action, I'm sorry, I'm taking this with a huge pinch of salt because we've heard it all before. And so far, they are, the, the Amazon service, when it comes to the smart speakers, is getting worse, not better. So <gasps> oh dear. I've said it. I've said it. I've fallen out of love with it. Okay, fine. I used to love her. And now she's terrible. She's me terribly. Got some good news for voiceover fans. Uh, on the Mac side, uh, this comes from Apple Viz. Saw this the other night, and uh, I don't often uh, you see these. Sometimes you see these little uh, articles pop up. You know the forums that post out on Twitter, or whatever. And this is from someone. I won't name the individual in case perhaps he doesn't want this to be no. uh, named or doesn't <laughs> want to be named in this. But uh, basically, he's figured out a way. I'm assuming it's a he. I apologise, but um, it says here how to hopefully speed up voiceover launch time and performance on the Mac with no terminal required. Someone has written a little script, a little Apple script, which has basically given voiceover or made voiceover get priority access to the CPU. Oh, and I this, thought it had that anyway at a low no, level no, well, system resource, but no? No, not at all. It says you don't have to do much with this. Uh, basically, you just run this little uh, command, uh, but it basically pushes voiceover to top of the priority list. Um I mean, obviously, it's a bit more technical how it goes into it all and how it works, but essentially, that is it. And then it will have primary access to the CPU. Um, the person says, I do not know if the setting is changed after a computer restart, so if it, you do find it misbehaving, then give the app another uh, command O to open it up, and then there's a Dropbox link to get that. So you'll find that on Open... What is it? No, AppleViz, I should say, on AppleViz.com. Uh, and it's on the front page there. You can go and get that. But uh, just quite interesting to see. Now, I have seen a few people already posting. They've tried it, and they've noticed a huge difference in voiceover performance. So that is interesting. I'm really shocked by that, because I would have thought a, a, a screen reader would have direct access to the CPU, high-priority threading and everything. And if it hasn't, and there's just a shell terminal command to make that happen, wow, you, you need to try this out, Stephen. I am going to try this. I'm going to try this out today. I'm just really intrigued by this. My weekend plan. I mean, it'll take about three seconds probably to do, and I'll be like, "Wow, it's yes. amazing!" Or terrible. I don't know. Um, I just I don't know what it's going to. Um, I just I'm intrigued to know what this is going to do. Um, that's going. You know, or why why is this something that is not in place already? And I've seen a couple of people saying this might not be a smart move. There's maybe a reason why it's not at the top of the priority list. Will it make other apps less responsive? Could it have an impact? So that's this is it's time will tell, I guess. Yeah, it's really difficult to tell how how it will affect any other part of the system. I mean, is this specific to like M class CPUs? Does this work on Intel CPU? Yes, Macs it does. Right. Yes, so it I was does, thinking maybe someone's it's... actually in the comments said, "Thank you so much for this. Hopefully, it will make this poor Intel Mac Pro better." Um, I can't believe uh, that uh, this is not something that's uh, been in place already. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That seems strange. I thought maybe you could assign a process to uh, the high efficiency or the low efficiency, the performance cores of the M1 class CPUs. But yeah, this is really interesting. I would love to know what that, that thing... I'm going to go and download it and just take a look at the commands. Um, also, uh, this is on... You know, we've been talking a lot about WhatsApp recently. And uh, funnily enough, we were playing around with WhatsApp. Well, I don't know if it's WhatsApp, but we were playing around with the Android phone. And one of the things I found was that with WhatsApp, you can only have it attached to one phone. So in this case, it's on my oh, iPhone. It drives me crazy. Yes. No longer. <gasps> oh. You can now have it on two or more phones, actually. This isn't mopping up news. This is top, high-class, top-shelf news. This well, is the best shelf, news ever. That sounds weird. Yeah. Yes. It says if you have more than one phone and you want to be able to use WhatsApp on both, yes. you're now in luck. The company has announced support for multiple smartphones. It could be useful if you've got business and work phone, or personal yes. work phones, uh, and you want to be able to have on both. The company believes it will also be useful to small businesses who can now let several employees use the company WhatsApp account. Up until now, the only way to do this was to use the web version of WhatsApp on your second phone, but you can now use the app on both. It uses exactly the same approach as linking a Mac or iPad to the account oh. on your phone when you scan 
where you scan a QR code to grant access. So when's this coming out? Well, it's this thing is rolling out now, so I'd imagine it's available. <gasps> oh, I've left my phone in the house. I can't. Oh, this is amazing because yeah. I've got a second iPhone, and I, I keep trying now and again to put WhatsApp on it. It doesn't have a SIM in it, so there's no phone number attached to it. Mm. I just use it in the house, and I would love to have WhatsApp available on that. And it, it just you can. I thought I always thought it was so strange because you can, as you said, do it through the web, and you can assign as many computers you know, on your WhatsApp account as you like, but just not another phone. This is cool. Um, also, I, I should say, just I, I spotted this um, this story, and it reminds me of actually the, the first question that uh, Gary asked earlier, which I didn't answer, uh, regarding PT, uh, the AI app oh, yeah. for sorry, iPhone and Apple Sorry, Watch. Gary, we he missed talk, that. He was talking about the fact that, you know, it supposedly runs uh, GPT-4, but he, according to his system, um it uh, it only uses uh, GPT 3.5. Now, interestingly, the answer to that is it's actually the iOS app that runs GPT 4. But it doesn't tell us what the PT app on the watch is using. But it's suggesting, based on what, uh, what Gary's just said, that it would be G- GPT 3.5. Now, that doesn't make a lot of sense unless it's an update. Unless there's an update in there, because there have been updates to this. And there was a recent version that came out which arrived with the ability to connect to Apple Music. If you've got that update, then that should also include the GPT-4 option, I would think. But it doesn't. it's not clear here what if GPT-4 is just on iOS and on watchOS or just on iOS. I don't know. Okay. Do you know what? I may download that, that and check that out myself. I think there are some... I've seen a few apps. I've seen a few Echo Skills as well that say they're using chat... GPT version 4 and it isn't Mm. Um, I think sometimes when they I think they're using it as a label for the follow on conversational style of open chat GPT where you can ask a question and then ask a follow up question on that and I think anything that uses that they're saying is version 4 that's not actually true so yeah I think there's some confusion on this a um, couple of other things to mention as well. Of course, Google uh, having their big event next week. Uh, that is May 10th. Google I.O. is taking place. Marka Falalalalo is going to be there for us. Hooray! Uh, he's going to be on site and he'll be joining us just after the keynote and we'll be recording an episode that will air the next day and we'll bring you all the latest news from the Google event uh, as we get it. Uh, rumoured devices, a Pixel 7a uh, if history repeats itself, according to uh, CNET, uh, they say Google will release a cheaper version of the 7, known as the Pixel 7a. Uh, I've got the 6a just over here. Still a brilliant device. I've got the 5, and I love it. Yeah, I, I think the Pixel devices are brilliant. I really yep. do. Amazing. So um, good. So they said that Google introduced the 6a at Google I.O. last year before putting it on sale in July. That means we might be weeks away from learning about the 7a if Google does decide to announce it at its annual well, that, this article, of course, written a couple of weeks ago. That is, in fact, next week we're talking about uh, if they announce it at I.O. Uh, we, don't know for anything, uh, we don't know anything for certain until they debut the 7A, but some looks, leaks and reports suggest clues about what it might include. Apparently, uh, it could have a screen with a higher 90 hertz refresh rate and wireless charging. Pretty wireless charging, hasn't it? Yeah, it's already got wireless charging. <laughs> okay. Fine. Strange thing to say. Uh-huh. Uh, what else? Um, seems like a screen or whatever. Pixel Fold. Uh, we mentioned that yesterday. Uh, they've kind of announced that already. So although we don't have the detail yet, we'll find out more about that as uh, as it comes in. But it is definitely coming. Pixel 8. Pixel 8 Pro uh, potentially as well. I can't believe we're up to 8 on the Pixel lineup. Um, but yes, um, they're the, the saying that Google typically releases flagship Pixel phones in the fall. but um, that, so that may well be the case, but they might announce something to do with it. Uh, I think we're going to hear more about software, to be honest, you know, considering, you know, where we're at with GPT and all that and, and yes. BARD and how that's going to link in with Google. Android 14, of course, is going to be the, the big thing. It's currently available in a preview mode for developers. Um, Google will release new Android features and Pixel-specific features through the year, as they always do, but the annual version upgrades usually provide sweeping platform-wide performances. As we know, of course, Android 13 last year, lots of cool stuff in it. There's also talk of the Pixel tablet, complete waste of time, um, <laughs> if they decide to bring this thing out, uh, which will apparently have a speaker charging dock that turns it into a Nest hub when docked. Again, oh. who cares? Everyone. 
Um, cool. More AI in Google search and elsewhere. Yeah, it's just going to flood everywhere and possibly even Pixel Watch 2. Um, yeah, I think this... this the, I, I'm hoping the follow-up movie is better than the original because... Did um, you try the Pixel Watch 8? I never got a chance to, but I heard plenty of people talk about it and the general response was, meh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that okay. was kind of it, really. Um meh. What else? There's some other stories I wanted to mention. One about, uh, yeah, this was a sad one. So I, I used to love this company. There's a company called Bridge, B-R-Y-D-G-E. Um, they produced iPad keyboards, um, folding keyboards. Well, ironically, the company has folded, uh, oh. leaving staff unpaid and customer orders unfulfilled. Oh, that's not good. It says a once thriving startup, and it was making popular keyboard accessories for iPad, Mac, and Microsoft Surface products is ceasing operations. I actually had a brilliant Surface keyboard I was looking to get, uh, but it's uh, obviously no longer. So that's that. Uh, according to nearly a dozen former Bridge employees who spoke to 9to5Mac, Bridge has gone through multiple rounds of layoffs within the past year after at least two failed acquisitions. As it stands today, Bridge employees have not been paid salaries since January. Customers wow. who pre-ordered the company's most recent products have been left in the dark since then as well. Its website went offline earlier this year and its social media accounts have been silent since then as well. Uh, former Bridge employees largely attribute the company's failure to mismanagement during growth, misleading statements from its two co-CEOs and an overall hostile working environment that led to a high turnover rate. Uh, of course, they are not here to uh, comment on that, but... You know, they did have some great products. Henge Dock was one that I think I still got my Henge Dock over there, which is a great thing. You'd just plonk the, plonk. the MacBook right into and you'd be able to, you know, have access to all your ports. And if you wanted to go, you just pulled the MacBook out and went. Didn't have to unhook anything. A brilliant great product, piece of kit. But um, it's the I company mean, itself. The website the going down and social media becoming silent is never a good sign. Oh, they're gone. I mean, it's finished, clearly. Yeah, but there's a way, even if you're... You know, your company's gone. There's a way to handle that, and that is not the way. That is not good. No, I, I, I will say you're absolutely right on that one. <laughs> Thank if you. there was a way to do it, probably not that one. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm well, basically, you just sounds like you've you run off, that. right? You've gone. That's it. Shut the door. I'm off. Yeah, not good. Not no, good. No, not ideal. Um, and finally, I guess about time, so I'm going to mention this one because uh, it kind of makes me laugh when I read these stories. There's been a lot of articles on the tech uh, magazines talking about uh, voice notes. Uh, it's as if sighted people have just figured out this is an option. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes, <laughs> you I've see seen these that. stories. Yes. It kind of makes me laugh because it's like blind people have been doing this, you know, since the, since basically since that dinosaur I was mentioning earlier. Uh, yes. was about. And um, yeah, they're saying that the, the voicemail itself might be dead, but the quick audio note is thriving. Now, what's funny about this? is that these articles talk about, I mean, it's like, why it matters. People can increasingly drop quippy or professional self-recorded for and other personal comms, which can many senders and recipients then feel connections as a result. Often called a voice message or audio message, the form wow. is beloved by generations who grew up with screens and, were, and with phone calls and voicemails. <sighs> yeah, people have just figured this out. But it's kind of funny because the reaction to this is most interesting. Well, there's a lot of people saying, please never send me a voice note. I will not listen to it. I can't stand them. <laughs> do not do it. Uh, and it's just so funny how different people it's look funny at these things, you know? I've started to move away from them a little bit. Really? Because, well, it, it's the time it takes to listen to it. I can get voiceover to blur out a text message far quicker. But it also depends who I'm talking to. I wouldn't dream of sending a voice message to someone who wasn't visually impaired. That is so true. That is actually mm. very true. Yeah, I would. I would never voice message Mark. Yeah, that's right. Because you know he's going. Oh, this is just not listen to this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also remember, I mean, you know, someone like Mark, for example, he might be driving, so he's not going to be able to respond that way. Well, in that case, a voice message would be better. Arguably, yes, that's true. Ah, mm, well, maybe that's I should. a tricky one. Yeah, yeah. But it's all about yeah. time management. I think sometimes if. You, uh, sometimes I don't listen to every audio message because it does take time. You always well, listen look, in WhatsApp. You listen to the duration of it, right? <laughs> yeah, three exactly, minutes. That's right. Forget it. <laughs> I, th I think it's because also you know we know how bad dictation can be, and you know it, it can sometimes get it so badly wrong. Yeah, that's and true. I think I'm not going to trust 
you know, the, 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 it's going to be able to manage this. Yes, that is true. Because that's that's often the reason why I quite like to use that as opposed to you know just using the regular. And sometimes dictation. I just do it to annoy you. You know, I just like singing for twenty minutes and then get into the actual question or answering the question that you asked. So you well, got to listen all the way through. Well, the the thing is, you see, you kind of get. <laughs> I kind of laugh. You're laughing on the other side of your face then because I like it. Oh, all right. Well, that'll change. Okay. Oh, I shouldn't have said that now. You'll stop singing to me. <laughs> I can't like those messages. Um, yeah, well, there you go. Well, look, that's it for today. Uh, we are back on Monday. Uh, coming up next week, we're going to talk more about apps and uh, one particular app. Speaking of voice notes, actually, perfect timing uh, because we're going to talk about an app called Just Press Record, which is very popular in the blind world, and uh, very accessible, very uh, voiceover friendly, works across Mac more recently, uh, also iPhone and Apple Watch. But what's kind of cool about it is it can transcribe your messages as well. So if you record a voice note, it will transcribe it for you. Now, I'm wondering with this, because one of the things that's happened since OpenAI came along is they've obviously developed lots and lots of, of different versions of OpenAI and, and Whisper is one of them, which is a transcription method. Uh, and I'm wondering if they'll move to that model. I don't think they use it at the moment. Maybe they do, but I, I don't think they use that at the moment. But it would be interesting to see if they end up going down that route because it is way more accurate. And it's, and it's funny because there are different models of this uh, mm-hmm. Mac Whisper. The, 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 there's an application called Mac Whisper you can download, which lets you connect to the OpenAI Whisper uh, framework. I don't really understand it all, but it kind of uses your computer, I think, as, as, as the kind of basis of the power of it. And um, you can use the higher, um, better language model, which really is very accurate, but it crashes all the time for me because it just obviously does. Maybe I'm putting too much into it. I don't know. Mm. Um, but it's very, very good. And I think that would be quite interesting to see. But anyway, uh, we'll be talking about Just Press Record, lots more as well, more of your feedback. So keep it coming. And like we said before, if you've got something you want to share with us, maybe you've got a demo or an app or a, a piece of hardware, whatever it is, Rebecca maybe wants to tell us more about Libra, whatever it was, Libra, Vox. Or FM. FM. Uh, then Libra, Vox, Vox is different. Libra, Vox, okay. FM. Um, <laughs> if you want to tell us about that, then get in touch and tell us. You can, of course, record a message on your device, send it to us via email, feedback at doubletaponair.com. Or you can call us one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven. We're back on Monday. Uh, thank you again for uh, all your contributions, Gary. Thanks for your email today. It sparked a really interesting, I think, conversation. Yeah, and thank I'll you, be interested to see what people think about that. Uh, Sean, have a great weekend. We'll catch you, you too. Monday. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at AMI.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.